Hey everyone, it's Britt from Tiny Bites. Before we get into this week's episode, just a quick word from this week's sponsor. If you're listening to this, you obviously like podcasts and you probably like music too. On Spotify, you can listen to all of that in one place for free. You don't need a premium account. Spotify has a huge catalog of podcasts on every topic, including the one you're listening to right now. On Spotify, you can follow your favorite podcast so you never miss an episode, download episodes to listen to offline wherever you are. I love that for when I'm traveling. Easily share what you're listening to with your friends via Spotify's integrations with social platforms like Instagram. Just search for Tiny Bites on the Spotify app or browse podcasts in the Your Library tab and follow me so you never miss an episode of Tiny Bites. Spotify is the world's leading music streaming service and now it can be your go-to for podcasts too. Welcome back to the Tiny Bites Podcast. This is episode 35. My name is Britt. I'm a minimalist, a simple living advocate, and a tiny house enthusiast. This podcast, Tiny Bites, explores what it means to live a tiny but wonderful life. I'm so glad you're joining me this week. everyone. I hope wherever you are in life this week that your life is treating you well. In this week's episode of Tiny Bites, I want to talk about a new hobby of mine that has really grown since we bought our first house back in June. Quote-unquote minimalists aren't normally allowed to have hobbies because of how much quote-unquote stuff is often associated with them. This is obviously sarcasm, but that hasn't stopped a lot of minimalist bloggers from suggesting that hobbies are not worth pursuing if they require a lot of stuff. I'm sure you can tell that I think that that is absolute garbage. So what is this mystical hobby that I've become infatuated with over the last couple of months? Let's get into it. The one thing I really knew I wanted to do when we bought the house was start fermenting vegetables. And that probably sounds like a weird thing to be excited about, but I've been dying to give it a try. In fact, this year alone, I've read five different books on the art of fermentation, pickling, and canning. And I'm going to be linking to my favorites in the show notes over on the blog. But some of my favorites include The Art of Fermentation by Sandor Katz and The Nourished Kitchen by Jennifer McRuther. From a self-sufficiency perspective, I find it incredibly fascinating that you can take simple ingredients, put them together, and just add time to end up with something magical, delicious, and full of nourishment. It almost seems like magic to me, but that you can transform raw foodstuffs into something more nutritious with just salt, water, and time, but I know that it's not magic. I know that it's science. The first thing I decided to try my hand at fermenting was garlic scapes. I love garlic scapes. Love, love, love them. For the farmer's market averse, garlic scapes are the flowering shoots that come off garlic plants. And farmers harvest them around uh, June, or at least June in my northern climate, and for a couple of weeks after that. I was treated to my first batch of pickled garlic scapes in our winter CSA box back in last November. Some kind soul had put their jar of scapes in the swap box and you can bet I jumped on them immediately. Since June, I've also tried my hand at fermenting beets, both normal and golden, as well as zucchini. Thanks to our summer CSA, we've had an abundance of vegetables that we couldn't eat before they went bad, so into pickles they went. In case you're confused, pickles used in this case means the act of fermenting something, not just the outcome of turning cucumbers into their tangy cousins. But I digress. Back to the case of fermentation I tried my hand at, garlic scapes. I had some seriously high hopes for them. I trimmed them properly, got them all prepped, and put them into their containers, added the brine, and waited. 14 days later, give or take, I tried one, and drumroll please, 
they tasted nothing like I wanted them to. I don't know if it was the water I used or because my kitchen just wasn't the right temperature, but it just didn't work out. Either way, I was not put off. I knew I still wanted to keep trying. My fermented beets turned out amazing and I've been adding them to salads or eating them on their own since I made them in August. My newest foray into fermentation has been actually pickling, turning mini cucumbers into the tangy cousins that we know as pickles. I cannot explain why, but I've wanted to make my own pickles for a couple of years now. Maybe it's because I'm German and the Germans love a good pickle, but in any case, I was so excited to give it a try. The thing with any ferment though is that it takes time and that's kind of the point. Unlike pressure canning or water bathing, actual fermentation takes days if not weeks in some cases like for kimchi and sauerkraut to yield an edible product. It's not a quick process. It requires patience. Something that most people in my life know I have very little of. When I want something, I want it like yesterday. None of this waiting around business. <laughs> so imagine my surprise that I've really enjoyed the process of fermenting, which is essentially just waiting around for something to become good when you could just go to the store and have it ready in your hands in under an hour. All of the things I've tried my hand at fermenting thus far, I could have just purchased from the grocery store or my local farmer's market. So that begs the question, why bother going to the trouble of trying to do it myself? In our economy and culture that prizes convenience and instant gratification, it would have been so much easier to go to the store and buy pickles or go to the farmer's market and buy pickled garlic scapes. That's just a fact. Time-wise, buying these items already prepared would have been the cheaper, more efficient option. But something about creating a foodstuff with raw products and then applying my time, essentially my patience, was highly appealing to me. It comes down to the same reasons I like fixing my own electronics, within reason of course, and mending and altering my own clothes. I like doing stuff with my hands. I like trying to be self-sufficient in small but gratifying ways. Yes, I could pay someone to do these things for me. Time is money, as the saying goes, and I'm essentially giving away my time to do these things myself. But it's more than worth it for the feeling I get when I see a pair of shorts I successfully altered from an old pair of jeans or taste a pickled beet I spent over a week watching ferment on my kitchen counter. Having the time to do these things is a privilege and one that I do not take for granted. The fact that I have the time to do these things and don't have to pay someone to do them or forego them altogether means I have the most limited luxury of all, free time. At the same time, practicing these small acts of self-sufficiency are things my grandmother and great-grandmother would view as necessities and non-negotiables because they lacked the other essential component of this kind of transaction, money. And I don't want to equate what I've been doing in my house for pleasure as the same thing my grandparents used to do out of necessity, but we know these skills, sewing, repairing, cooking, baking, and fermenting, are having a cultural resurgence at the moment, and I've been enjoying the process of re relearning them nonetheless. Taking the slow route of fermenting my own vegetables means practicing patience, something that doesn't come naturally to me. It's a muscle I very much need to exercise. Thankfully, I am more than interested in giving it a try. 
Have you ever tried fermenting your own vegetables? Do you think fermentation, canning, and preserving is a lost art worth reviving as part of the slow living movement? Let me know your thoughts in the comments over at tinyambitions.com slash tinybites35, or you can email me at tinyambitionsblog at gmail.com. If you're listening to this on Anchor, you can also call in and let me know. That's it for this week's episode of Tiny Bites. See you next time.